Yo, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to Bottom of the Bottle. What up? And this week, we got Cody, who is the drummer for The Browning. Ooh. And he is also a songwriter, producer, all that stuff. He actually, I didn't know this, but he recently wrote a couple songs for Falling in Reverse. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I was like, damn, I didn't know that. Um, but uh, The Browning, I've, I've known those guys for a while, just kind of in passing, and they've always just been really, really chill, cool guys. I've been listening to them since middle school, not middle school, high school. Dude, yeah, no, same. I can't, what was the name of their, their album? I can't remember, Uh, but I remember listening to it, dude. Yep. Their first one? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So it's crazy. They had, uh, their vocalist Johnny just started as apparently just a MySpace band back in that time. And then Cody came in later to the picture, but now it's this big old thing they went to China they did all this shit like they're just they're fucking killing it I went I saw them recently and I talked to them about this uh they dude they they on their headliner tour in the US uh, I saw them in Portland and like dude they they had their own light show and everything yeah. and it was actually fucking insane dude. most of the time when like club size bands like that like have their own lights and stuff it's just like oh man was that at Rock Hard or after that no it was after that this was at Paris Ugh. but uh but, but yeah, but I, I saw they had their own lighting set up, and I was like, kind of honestly like, fuck, this is not going to be good. Because most bands at that size, you when you see they have their own lighting set up and stuff, you're just like, oh, here we go. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's 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 kind of like, you know, it's most of the time when bands bring that in, it's like, it's not, it's not big enough. It's not good <laughs> enough. But no, their light show, dude, was fucking insane. Their whole live show was insane. Oh. blew me away I was like damn and that's when I like really fucking just started standing the browning I was like damn these guys are fucking sick dude they're legit they are legit but uh anyways so before we dive into that um bro what I know you're a huge jackass fan oh fuck yeah what what's up with Bam Margera's Instagram what do you think about all that uh oh I don't know that uh it kind of bums me out, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't know you were going to hit me with this. Oh, well, hey. It's bottom of the bottle, baby. Yeah, fuck. I, shit. I guess I should expect it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, to me, personally, like, I looked at all those videos he posted, and, like, it looked like he was just drunk. Yeah. But the before that, the only thing that I knew was that he had finished his, like, celebrity rehab thing, and he was, mm-hmm. like, actually doing good again. Yeah. And I was like, I was really stoked about it. And then I saw all that and I was like, oh, fuck. There's no way there's going to be a new Jackass movie if, you know. Yeah, and isn't he talking shit about people who are on Jackass and stuff? Like, I think yeah, Steve-O. He, and yeah, he posted something. It was like this list of like people that piss me off because they only call me to ask if I'm okay. And it was like Steve-O and Brandon Novak. And they both commented on that post. I was like... I've dived into this, but well, no, yeah. So but, but yeah, go on. Both of them were like, "We just care about you, man. You know, we we don't mean to annoy you, but you know, we see what you're doing because we used to do it. We used to be like that, and that's just you know, you come on over to our side. Like they still like even yeah. in the comments, they were trying to be like, let us help you, dog. Yeah, and he was still just like, nah. Especially like someone like Steve, like that dude's done a complete. Oh, 180. Dude, like, you know. I watch all his YouTube videos now because yeah. he's got his YouTube 
YouTube channel going. Is it going good? Oh, fuck yeah. It's fuck super yeah. entertaining. And isn't he vegan now? Yep. Vegan, he has a fucking rescue dog. He's got two. He's got two rescue dogs? Yeah. That dude's my fucking hero now. Yeah, he's fucking awesome. Dude. He's got a stand-up special that he's, no way. he's promoting too, yeah. Is it going to be on Netflix? Um, I don't know. Dude, that would be sick. That would be. Either yeah. one way or the other, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to see it. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, besides that, just opening thoughts. So, did you watch the Democratic debates at all? No, to be honest, like, I'm not really too into politics. Dude, I am not either. I have, I have, like, I know how I feel about everything, but yeah. I don't really like talking about it. Yeah, yeah, no, for real. I'm the same way. And this is by no means a political show. I just want to point light to something that I discovered recently. So there was, I think there was a recent round of Democratic debates. I didn't watch those, but I watched the first two nights. Yep. And I just remember thinking, wow, this is a fucking shit show. Why? Oh, dude, everyone just sounded crazy. Well, yeah. But but now here's here's why. Okay. So, you know, and this, this, dem, this, this debate format where we're supposed to learn about people who could potentially run our fucking country it's like all right you got 12 to 60 seconds to say what you think or rebuttal about something what so that's yeah you only it's all timed out so you you only have like if they ask you a direct question it's like you got 60 seconds and then if someone has a rebuttal it's like okay you got like 30 seconds and then sometimes even like 12 seconds and they'll just so then so then with that what i saw and why it was so fucking like crazy to me and why everyone sounded crazy was, and this, this is the point. Uh, there's a point to all of this. Okay. I promise. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yeah, you got 12 to 60 seconds to, to get over on people. Yeah. Sell and that's yourself. A, and, and me and you were big wrestling fans. Oh, fuck yeah. And so when we say that, like, I shouldn't be comparing this to pro wrestling. Well, but yeah, you got 12 to 60 seconds to go on air, just like pro wrestling, and get over in the way oh, you, you need to be perceived. You need to go out there and cut a fat promo. You need to cut a fucking promo. You need to, yeah, you need to get over. You need to and, get the pop from the crowd. And that's not exactly. So it's like you got 12 to 60 seconds to, to for all these people to think a certain way about you. So then when that happens, all these politicians, they're just put in this situation where they're just like, fuck, I just need to say the thing that's going to get a, like a reaction uh you know, like um, an instant, just you know, it's a promo, dude. Yeah. Just like pro wrestling. Yeah. You like get that pop. Well, I need to get that pop from people. Like, yeah. what are people going to be talking about? You know. And so I saw the debates, and I was like, wow, this is just. And they were just saying ridiculous shit, dude. It, it uh, even got to the point where after the debates, like other people were calling other people racist and shit. Uh, the, and they're oh all Democrats. God. They're all on the same fucking side. And it's like, holy shit. So then recently, the other night, I was here. At the office, drinking by myself, and I saw um, Andrew Yang. Uh, he was on H three H three, and he's uh, he's running for Democratic office. Yeah, and then also uh, Bernie Sanders was on Joe Rogan. He was. Yeah, yeah, that was a real thing. Yeah, this just happened. Oh, Both I thought these that episodes was. Are I saw. New. A, I saw a picture of it. I thought it was a meme. Oh, that's real shit. Oh my god. Yeah, so I watched both of them, and then. These two guys that were in these debates, you know, sounding kind of fucking crazy. I was like, oh, you guys aren't crazy. Now that you actually have this open conversation format to speak oh. about your shit on, I can, everyone can understand it. And you can actually say what you need to say about certain subjects. Fuck. 
So that's like, I just, that's one of my thoughts I've been stewing on is just like the whole debate format is kind of a fucking joke. And that's not how we should like determine who we think we should vote for to be the president of the United States. You know? Yeah. Dude, actually I agree with that. Like, like I said, I'm not very, like, I'm not big into politics and that's like, that's the main reason why is because like, I just feel like you can't, no one ever gets to really say what they're trying to say. Dude, yeah, it's, 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 Even we're, if, we're at a day and age, and this isn't just me, this is a lot of people, but we shouldn't be comparing the debates in our presidential races to reality TV shows. Nope. We shouldn't be comparing it to that, and that's what it is, but like I said, you know, people, <sighs> if you want to, you know, go watch Andrew Yang on H3H3 and go watch fucking uh, Bernie on Joe Rogan. Yo, Joe Rogan's actually in town at the Moda Center tonight. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I wish I was there. And uh, there, so he played in Seattle yesterday. Yeah. And there's a and Dave Chappelle showed up and that's like, sick. Did the show with him. So there's like a rumor that he might be there tonight too. Fuck. Whoo. That's sick. Yeah. But goddamn. But yeah, that's my only thing about politics. Like, I'm not. I'm just like you. I'm not a political person at all. I'm dumb as fuck with politics. <laughs> but I know I, I I know from my years of fucking pro wrestling experience and my in-depth fucking research and yeah. love for pro wrestling, <laughs> I know when someone's cutting a fucking promo. You were just waiting for someone's theme music to dude, cut in. Yeah, exactly. They're saying all this shit and just going off and it's like, dude, you're going to hear that glass shatter and Stone Cold's <laughs> going to come out and throw beers at everyone in a sec. Like, that's what it feels like. By God, is my witness. Yeah, dude, and JR's just commentating the whole thing. It's fucking, dude, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the uh, the the debate format. I think that's something that America just needs to like stop. And I think uh, fucking Bernie said on Joe Rogan that uh, in other countries that's not the case. Um, like in other countries, they'll actually give thirty minutes of uninterrupted airtime to every single politician that's mm-hmm. running. So they uh-huh. just get their own individual thirty minutes uninterrupted on their major networks to just say their shit and God be damn. like, "This is what I think." And that's fucking, yeah, you need, you, you can't describe how you're going to solve fucking our country's issues in 12 to 60 seconds. Nope. No. One way or the other, no. You yeah. Can't, you can't explain shit. Nah. You can't, like, yeah. no, get out of here. But enough of that bullshit. Um, any, any more thoughts for you? Actually, yeah. To make the uh, subject a little bit lighter here. Yeah. I went and saw a show, and it is leaps and bounds by far the absolute greatest live show i have ever fucking seen i bet it's not as good as my greatest live show i've ever seen probably not for you but for me okay this is the greatest live show i have ever fucking seen who was it who'd you see this is gonna surprise you okay you ready yeah backstreet boys oh they're back all right the whole fuck there but they never went away Oh, shit. But no, dude, the fucking best, absolute best show I've ever fucking seen. They put on a... a, I can't even... Well, you can't just leave it there. You're going to have to, like, talk about it. Um, Okay, so... So just how was it? Dude, it's so good. They had this huge screen, this, like, like, huge TV screen in the back. Before, right before they came on, they did this like huge promo thing, like basically something you'd see out of WWE before like a new wrestler comes on or something. Yeah, yeah. And it was like them, all their albums that they put out, and just all this like flashing and crazy shit going on. And then the thing rose up, and they were all just standing there. And the, so it was at the Moda Center. Yeah, the, yeah. I have never heard 
anything that loud before. Everyone was fucking screaming, and even myself. Yeah. I was like, why is it so loud in here? And then I was like, oh, shit, I'm screaming too. Well, fuck. So how old are those guys now? So they're in their 40s. Yeah. Kevin's the oldest, but and Nick is the youngest. He's like 38. Yeah. When he when he first got into Backstreet Boys, he was 12 years old. Ooh. To, just to give you the age Ooh, difference. Yeah. Nick was 12, and uh, Kevin was 21. That's fucking rough, dude. Yeah. So it's it's a weird spread they've got so, going on there. So my question leading to that, uh, how are their dance moves? Are they still holding up? Oh fuck, dude. It, yeah. Are they in the best shape of their lives? They're dude. They're all in fucking phenomenal shape. Weren't they, a couple of them like ex drug addicts and shit like that? Uh, well, Nick Carter had like issues a while back. We don't really talk about that, but yeah, he he gained a bunch of weight and then lost it. Mm-hmm. But no, he was like. Dude, they were all running around. It was a two-hour-long show. Damn. They were all running around, dancing, doing everything. It was just blew my mind that they could keep it up for that long. Dude, yeah, that's fucking no sick. No pun intended. Yeah. And they, the way they interacted with the crowd and just the whole show. There was explosions, lights. Fucking, they had this thing where they would, like, they had this, like, belt thing come uh-huh. off the back of their belt onto the stage. And this, like, triangle thing lifted them all up. And then this huge LED triangle like came down around them, and then it like played a music video while they sang it live. Damn! It, oh, oh my god! Yeah, that's dope. Yep. But so yeah, that's that's my thought. Well, fuck yeah, man! Uh, Backstreet for, Boys forever. For the record, my favorite mm. or the best live show I've ever seen, hands down. Yep. And this is just because like this is my fucking roots. This is what like my dad literally like introduced me to when I was a kid. I saw fucking Motley Crue in Poison. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It was fucking sick. Uh, when did you see him? Uh, this was, it was a while ago. I was in high school still. Okay. Was it before their last album? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh. It was It was before they started kind of slumping. Oh, man. It See, was when they were still just like, they were in their like. They were still going. They They were still in their Clooney years. The what? The Clooney years. Clooney? Yeah, like um, you know, you're you're old, but you're still you're still on your shit, <laughs> and you're still making money, but you can still perform. You're not dog shit old yet. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they were still in their Clooney years, and everyone just fucking killed it. It was the sickest show. But also with the Backstreet Boys, uh, you know Nick Carter. You know I'm a huge fan of fucking little brother Aaron Carter. Oh yeah, his new shit is fucking awesome. And people usually laugh. They're like, oh, oh my, I want Candy Kid. And it's like, yo. Listen to his new record, Love, and you won't even be saying, I, I want candy. I agree. At with, all. I agree with you 100%. It's fucking good. You were the one that showed me his new shit because so I good. didn't even know it existed. And I had the same shit ever since then. I would like tell people about it. I'd be like, yo, yeah. you need to listen to this. It's actually really good. And everyone would just fucking chuckle. Oh, like, oh that kid yeah. that beat Shaq. And it's like, yeah, yeah it is. But guess what? It's fucking it's going to be your new favorite album. Yeah, no, for real. That like, I still it's it's old now. It's not even new. It's kind of I think it's like two years old, but I still listen to it like on regular rotation. Oh yeah, it's a fucking good album. It's so good. Yeah, but hell yeah. Um, is that all we got for for our opening thoughts? Yeah, I think so. I think it's time I'm happy to, get to this. be here. Yeah, hell yeah. You think it's time to get this show started? Yeah, love you, miss you. Let me miss you too. Let's get it going, bitch. Hey, dude. Roll the fucking music. Roll the fucking music. I'll see you in the next fucking segment, you (laughs) idiot. All right, roll the fucking music. (laughs) 
and he decided that it was time to bring you the hard and the heavy. Kendall Johns from Dead Crown. You know, to be honest, we're on a podcast, you know, like we're shooting real shit. Yeah, go follow that motherfucker. Go follow that motherfucker. Now, you've been on my radar for a while. Yeah. There we there go. go. I love yeah. you. There's a, there's a quote. I don't want to talk shit, but <laughs> step it up a little bit. Oh, shit. Oh, you know what the fuck is good. Shit. Yo, Blake. What? It's time to take some shouts. Whoa, taking shots? Hit me with it, bro. All right. Let's do it. All right. You ready? I'm fucking born ready, dog. When I say cougars and Metallica, what's your first thought? Oh, just hot, older moms just up, you know, like. You know the the moms in the night, like the 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 slutty backstage groupie girls in the '90s who are grown up now, but they're moms, but they haven't lost their shit and they're still good looking. Side stage, uh, floppy hatting for Metallica. That's what I think of. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> am I off? Am I wrong? A little bit. Well, not really. I don't know. Kind of. That was that was good though. I like that. Hell Anyways, yeah. no. So, what happened was, this woman was walking her husky dog, a Vancouver woman. Vancouver, Washington? I'm, I think so. It doesn't say if it's uh, Washington or, or Canada. Yeah. Yeah. But she's walking her husky dog, and she like happens to look over, and she notices a fucking cougar staring Ooh. at them. Frightening. Yeah. So she keeps going down the trail, notices that the fucking cougar starts following him. Yeah. That's not a good so, situation to be in. Yeah. So she freaks out. She's like starts yelling at it, screaming, get the fuck away. Fuck off. Nothing's working. What does she do? Does she, does she put on a Metallica record? She takes her fucking phone out. Fucking no way. And plays Don't Tread on Me by Metallica. Oh. And guess what happened? The cougar ran. Fucking ran off. Dude. Yep. And. Fuck. That's not even where the story ends. Okay. Okay. Keep going. So after this made like new, like big news, like it was yeah. on all the news sites, James Hetfield himself oh called her. To talk to her so that like she could thank him and like talk to him and stuff. Oh my god, <laughs> it's fucking insane. Metallica will ward off any cougar problems that anybody has. Okay, we talk about Metallica a lot. We we sure do. Yeah, but but that's because you know they're 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 always doing something. They're still like the biggest fucking metal band on the planet. So yeah, they're they're always in the news. They're always doing shit. But yo, I don't. I don't think I've ever heard of more of a fucking power move than that. Right? Dude, a cougar is stalking you through the woods, which uh, me, I, I grew up in small town. I believe with cougars, you're it's, it's kind of like bears. You're supposed to make yourself seem as tall as possible. Yeah. And intimidate them or and, and not, you know, no sudden movements, but make yourself tall. So if there's two of you, like get on each other's shoulders. Yeah. So you look big. Intimidation. Yeah, yeah, like shit like that. I could be really fucking wrong about that. If I am wrong, tweet at us at BOTB show. Ooh, correct but, us. Um, but yeah, so like, but dude, just the fact that like through a fucking cell phone speaker. Yeah, an iPhone speaker. An iPhone speaker, you put on Metallica and this cougar's like, shit, I gotta go away. <laughs> Dude, if someone ever was like, yeah, I put on a Dead Crown song and uh, it, it, you know, there was coyotes and wolves stalking me and it scared them away, I'd be like, yo, dude, fuck yeah. It's because we're the fucking shit and they should be fucking scared. You know, like that's such a fucking power move, dude. dude. You know you've made it when you're scaring animals with your <sighs> music. Dude, yeah. And like predator animals, like big scary motherfuckers. <sighs> yeah, dude. That's fucking sick. 
That's pretty dope. God, yeah. So shout out to uh, Metallica and that lady. Dude. Badass. Hell yeah. All right, so. You know, uh, is it okay? Let me ask you something. Yeah. Romstein or Romstein? I think it's Romstein. Romstein? Yeah. All right, we'll go with that. Okay. If it's wrong, once again, give us a tweet, slide into the DMs, correct us. They played a show in Russia recently. Russia. And so back in 2013, uh, Putin passed a gay propaganda law, which basically. It's meant to protect children from being exposed to homosexuality as a normal lifestyle. Okay. So, I don't know how much you know about Romstein, but they, like, when they play shows, they'll, like, do crazy shit. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, and I, I hear about them uh, on, like, the Jossa show and stuff. Jossa will talk about when his days with Romstein and how they had, like, backstage parties. Yeah. Um, the, Like, their own private, like, tent kind of parties oh fuck and if you ever got invited to one of those you'd go in and it's like your life's changed forever like Romstein they're yeah they fuck yep that's all I can say they fuck on another level yeah so what they did is they were playing this show in Russia and they wanted to protest this this anti-LGBT law yeah so their two guitar players kissed on stage damn like mid song did Putin fucking get pissed about that well, that's okay. That's the thing about this law is you can be punished with a fine if yeah. you're like a citizen, but if you're a foreigner, you can be straight up arrested for 15 days before being deported. Mm-hmm. And as of now, nothing has happened to him. Well, that's fucking good because <laughs> fuck that law. Yeah. Which, fucking uh, stupid law. I don't know if you remember they, uh, they got banned from America because the fucking vocalist jerked off on stage. Like straight up whipped his dick out and just started beating it. That sounds like rom scene. I mean, I remember they have a they put a music video out on Pornhub and it was the whole band having sex with people. And, yeah, and then the whole end was just the, all their cum shots. Yeah. Low key, I was like, "This is sick." Dude, but yeah. I, you, you know, go it's on like, some fucking weird website that like you normally wouldn't be able to access, like in America, to find that shit because it was banned everywhere. I remember that. Dude, fucking only Romstein would do that shit though. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, they're fucking crazy. <laughs> but no, that's cool. I'm glad that they, you know, they went to another country where something like that exists and it's like, yo, fuck that. We're going to do this because yep. we're fucking Romstein. <laughs> and they just fucking, yeah, fuck yeah. I would do this. Some, I would do some shit like that. But but if if Dead Crown was in Russia and did that, we you we would get fucking arrested. We would probably yeah get probably. Shot. I mean yeah, Rom because we're not fucking Romstein. Yeah, and they are kind of on a yeah they're they're on another level. But still, I thought that was pretty badass. No, that's super badass. But it also just goes to show you, you know, like, you know, yeah, America, we got our problems, we got our shit. As someone who's been to another country, experienced other culture and how other people live. Yeah. And then even hearing about stuff like this, it's like, yo, every country's got their problems, but just thank God there's no laws in place here. And hopefully there never will be where, you know, if you're gay, you can't be gay. Yeah. What the fuck? You know, like you can't, you can't act, you can't do that stuff. Yeah. You're telling people they can't live how they want to live. Fuck that shit. Exactly. You know, so hell yeah to America for that. If you're hell gay, yeah. be fucking gay. Love whoever the fuck you want. I don't. We don't give a fuck. We love everyone. We love everyone. Do you? Just everyone's, do you. Everyone's fine just the way you are. You're yeah. perfect. Don't ever fucking change. Exactly, man. Just do you. And if and if that ever changes, Romstein will come to her over here and they'll 
fucking kiss each other on stage and fucking <laughs> help you fight the good fight. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So I noticed a couple seconds ago you just said, praise, uh, you said, thank God. <sighs> oh, fuck. That brings me to my next thing. All right. Well, is it time to go to church? Kind of. We'll call it, well, actually, it's called Sunday service. Okay. Are you into worship songs? Well, I grew up in churches, so I'm I'm familiar with a lot of worship songs. All right. You like Nirvana. I know this about I you. I fucking love Nirvana. Yeah, yeah. And you like Kanye West? Yeah, I love Kanye West. Well, you might not here in a second. Mm. Kanye West, he's got this thing called Sunday service. Was that a Coachella? No, it's his clothing line. It's a new clothing line. I, I remember hearing about this a little bit. Dude, Anyways, a, keep going. It's a thing he has. Yeah. He does it at like multiple different places. People like DMX, Tyler the Creator, and Kid Cudi have all like attended it at one point. Oh my god. It's a spiritual gathering. And basically like attendees get flown in for this shit. It's like some event or something that he fucking throws on. But he recently did a cover song of Come As You Are by Nirvana. Oh no. But he changed some of the lyrics to have a more religious base. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're at a no. loss for words? No. Yeah. No. It, it, there's a video. Oh, my God. Dude, so, no. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. Well, I don't give a fuck oh. who you are. You can be Kanye West. That's cool and all. Um, But just because you're Kanye West doesn't mean you can go and fuck up a Nirvana song and, 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 and change it for your own fucking benefit, especially a song called come as you are yeah, and make it fucking religious. <laughs> well, dude, also like dude, the, the small butt fuck town I grew up in, uh, my first two shows I played were these battle of the bands out in Skamakaway, Washington. Guess who the judge was for those battle of the bands? Who? Chris Novoselic. Oh, fuck off. So I met Chris Novoselic, and he handed one of my bands that won the Battle of the Bands a $200 check. Shut up. Yeah, dude, because he, he, he's, he's from Gray's River, right out past Kamakwe. Oh. That's where he lives now. So I, I grew up with, with Chris Novoselic in my backyard, essentially, just, just roaming around town. You'd see him every once in a while, you know, just doing his fucking thing. So, And that was after I fell in love with Nirvana, so it was, it was weird. And so that's why Nirvana has that, that extra place in my heart because, oh, you know, I've met Chris Novoselic. I've um, kind of hung out with him. A couple, I, I think, oh, yeah, one of my fucking old first bands, I completely forgot about this, was actually on a radio show he used to host, and he interviewed one of my first bands ever. What the fuck? I forgot about that. Yeah. Dude, why did I never know this about I don't, you? Dude, because I forgot about it, dude. It was one of my first band I was ever in. Holy I was like, fuck. I was, I was 13 years old. Oh my god. But yeah, so no, if Kanye West is taking a fucking Nirvana song, changing it, fucking it up, um, that's a big old no from me, dog. Yeah, and, I'm gonna um, have to show you the video because you're gonna hate it. Oh my god, that's gonna piss me off. Uh, so. if anyone else out there thinks that that's okay? No, don't. <laughs> No, that's not okay. No matter who the fuck you are. Yeah. I'm surprised Kanye had the fucking gall to do that. I'm surprised that, like, it kind of flew under the radar. Cause, yeah, because I haven't heard about that. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I get most of the most of the stuff that we talk about on Taking yeah. Shots. I get off of Loudwire. Yeah. You know, or, like, different different music websites or whatever. I'll kind of glance through stuff. And, yeah. And that was the first time that I saw that, and I was like, 
I have never heard of this like Sunday worship thing that Kanye West is doing. I heard about it because he did it at Coachella and he was selling Sunday worship merch for like ridiculously expensive prices. So that's the other thing. He sells merch for it in Kanye West merch. If you don't know about Kanye West merch, it's not like Yeezys where you're getting six shoes. He literally prints simple shit on Gildan t-shirts and sells them for like 60 to $70. Fuck off. So, you know, every band, you know, every person out there who buys a Gildan shirt from a band and you're like, oh, it's too much money. 20 bucks is too much. Fuck off. Go to a Kanye West show. You'll pay fucking triple that. (laughs) But no, my big thing with that is like, I would, I would love to see and hear what Chris Novoselic and Dave Grohl have to say about that. Yeah. Because that's a huge legacy. Not just the legacy of the band. Nirvana started the fucking grunge movement. They made that mainstream. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're fucking with... You're not just fucking with the song. You're fucking with history, dog. And you're fucking you're fucking it up. Oh, man. You feel some type of way. Oh, dude, yeah. Don't fuck with Nirvana. Don't fuck with Nirvana. Well, yeah. I would agree with you there. Yeah. God damn. What's fucking next before I just keep right. going and losing my fucking shit? Fair, fair enough. We'll move on. So normally I'd only do three... That's usually about all the the shots we can get in before we're tapped. Yeah. But this time I got an extra one for you. All right. And it's a little bit lighter. You like aliens? I fucking love aliens, dog. You you like Blink-182? Fuck yeah. Dude, who doesn't like Blink-182? Fair enough. Animal of the State, Take Your Pants Off and Jacket, probably two of the most, like, important albums in my younger life that, like, really made me fall in love with music. Fair enough. So, you know Tom DeLonge? Fuck yeah, I do. You know how he quit Blink-182 because he wanted to start the um, UFO Research Academy thing that he's got? Yeah, and he's actually um, uh, on a show on History Channel. Wait, what? He is? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, with, um, oh man, I'm going to I'm gonna fuck this up, so d- don't take this with a grain of salt, but it's on History Channel. It's I think the first season should be done airing now. I'm waiting for it to come on like a streaming platform for me to watch it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, it's essentially kind of like... A new ancient aliens, but not as crazy as ancient aliens. And it's oh, with um, a former, I think he's a former government contractor who worked on a base and has recently either a government contractor or a government official. He's been all over the news recently for yeah. UFO. So it's, it's Tom DeLong, that guy, and another guy. Oh, shit. And they're just going through UFO shit and just breaking the fucking system. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's on History Channel. All right. But yeah. Well, so what they have, uh, the UFO Academy that Tom DeLonge has, that he started. Yeah. They have posted an Instagram picture of this thing. It looks like a piece of metal, but what they're claiming is it is uh, a material that is unknown to the planet Earth. And it is apparently something that has been documented in our possession since 1990 but only just recently do we now have the manufacturing technology required to create it. Uh, yeah, I believe that 100%. Because it's just like, have you seen the Bob Lazar shit? No. Oh, dude, you're fucking living under a rock. You need to go watch that shit. I, well, yeah, all right, fair enough. Yeah, you got me there. Yeah, fucker. yeah, but uh, Bob Lazar, so he was a guy that uh, used to work at Area 51. Well, not even Area 51, it was S4, a sector of Area 51. And um, he broke a story in the the eighties on a on a news station in Nevada with a pri- uh, with a investigator, mm. um, and he he forced Bob Lazar to basically like break the story, 
but <laughs> yeah, there's there's a, they actually talk about it. They they had a wrestling match over the tape and whether or not it would it would air, and uh, oh. but it, it ended up airing, and yeah, Bob Lazar he tells a story. Um, he was only there for about six months, but he talks about things he worked on, and you know. Basically, you know, go go do the research for for yourself. There's a whole documentary on it on Netflix called Bob Lazar and Aliens and Area 51 or some shit like that. And then he also was on Joe Rogan recently. Oh, shit. And oh, he has fuck. a whole interview on Joe Rogan. He talks about all this shit. Um, but basically, like, one of the big things in that thing was um, <clears throat> this element that... And that's why Bob Lazar's story is so significant. It broke in the 80s, but it's resurfacing now. Because all the shit that Bob Lazar said in the 80s wasn't proven, and now modern science has caught up to the things he said, and it's proven fact. Oh. Yeah. So there's like this element. I think it's called element 51 or element... Uh, I'm drawing a blank, but it's element something. And it's what they used in this uh, antimatter propulsion system that he was reportedly back engineering. Um, f- back in the 80s? Yeah, back in the 80s. And um, he he was like, yeah, this is like this element, and he has this uh, a uh, I can't remember what it's called. Sorry, if dude, if I had it in front of me, I would know it all. Because there's so much information. Yeah. But uh, basically, he has this test where it shows proof of it from way back in the '80s, and then they're like, no, that's not real. And then I think in like the two between 2010 and 2016, um, it was actually put on our element table that that element is real and it exists, but we only have it in one form so there's there's different electrons and like neutrons that yeah. make up different compounds for elements so we have found it in one form but the form that it's in that bob had it in is a different like stabilized mm. form of it but it's proven that it, it's real oh jesus with Christ. the alien shit so yeah I, I probably fucked a lot of that up but but just go watch this shit bob lazar That's bob lazar it's fucking fascinating yeah though. i don't know how you i mean i kind of know how you feel about it but I had one alien experience, or well, not alien. I'll say I feel like I had one UFO experience. Yeah, yeah. And even before that, I always believed that, like, you know, there's no way we can be the only. Oh, dude, I've been I've been balls deep in the alien shit since I was like 16. Yeah, but dude, when we had our UFO thing happen. Yeah. After, after that, there is no one on this fucking planet that can convince me that that we are alone in the universe. Oh, I, dude. I honestly like. You're dumb if you think otherwise. Well, yeah, and with this Tom DeLonge shit, uh, the dude that's on that show with him on the History Channel, fuck, I can't, he has a really weird fucking name, so I can't remember it, but uh, he was a guy, like, when he came out and he started talking all this shit, um, he was on a ton of news. Oh, dude, yeah, he was a military official of some kind, and he has basically, like, a ton of record and a ton of evidence and a ton of firsthand witness to unidentified phenomenon being tracked and recorded in UFO airspace and UF like not UFO, but uh military airspace. Oh, so like he saw it on radar. He has pilots. That, so he came forward and he told it all, but the difference between him and all the other people in the past that have done it, he went on news sources yeah. and they didn't treat him like a joke. Oh, they didn't make a mockery out of it. They're like, Oh, Aliens are going to come get us. They were just like, yeah, so what do you know about this? And it, like, so news is actually starting to uh, cover and document UFO phenomena in a way that is, uh, it's not being a, made a joke out of anymore, which it was for a long time. Yeah. I'm just saying like, we've only discovered what, like 13% of the fucking ocean. 
Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay, you yeah. can't yeah, you can't sit there and be like we're the only life on the planet cuz there's still life on the planet that we haven't even fucking discovered yet. How are we going to find out what else is out there? Dude, yeah, for real. And last thought on that, what I'll say to that. The thing that got me was, you know, one of the first documented civilizations that we have on record. Um they didn't believe in God and Christianity yeah. and all that shit. They believed in, um, I believe, uh, either they were called the Anunnaki or their sky gods were called the Anunnaki. But basically, it was the first documented civilization, and they knew that their gods uh, placed them on Earth from the stars, and they were sent there to mine gold. Oh, shit. (laughs) What the fuck? So how did we go from, like, our civilizations being like, oh, yeah, we were put here by our sky gods, you know, the people that came from these stars, came from Sirius, came from actual pinpoint locations in space where they you you can see it and document it. it's like how the fuck do they know that was a thing yeah to um oh god christianity all this religion it's that's what doesn't make sense to me it's like that's a pretty big fucking jump yeah how are you gonna go from just believing in that to believing in this dude yeah i don't know about you man but i think it's just something that unfortunately we're never gonna know the answer to in our lifetime yeah we're probably gonna have to do some other ufo podcasts i'm about this shit oh but, fuck yeah uh, but I think it's time to get into this interview with Cody from the Browning. Speaking of aliens, they're kind of a fucking like alien metalcore man. Dude, yeah. Yeah, Have dude. you seen their cover albums? Oh, dude, yeah. They're fucking crazy as shit. Fuck yeah. All right. Well, without further ado, we got Cody, the drummer of the Browning, songwriter, producer, all that shit. I'm ready. Coming up right now. Yo, Cody, what's going on, man? Yo, not a lot, man. Just living life. Hell yeah. You're down in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, I am. I'm just north of Hollywood. Damn. Are you originally from Los Angeles? No, I'm actually from uh, I'm from Nashville. Oh, damn. So what, so what made you want to move to L.A.? Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, my girlfriend, <laughs> my, yeah. my girlfriend kind of like, uh, I mean, she's from here and everything. She was raised here and all that. So like. At first, I like had her come down to Nashville, and she was loving that. And then it got old, so we came out here. And she's from here, so she just thrives out here. She feels like she's more at home. So you know, whatever, that's fine with me. Yeah, and I'm so, sure. Well, in like Nashville's, like that's like a music hub too. So is it? Yeah. You being in LA is that actually better for what you do? Dude, one hundred percent. Hell like yeah. Like, 100%. Just, uh, just two days ago, I had a crazy-ass job just, like, fall in my lap. I mean, it was from someone that I knew. It wasn't just, like, completely out of the blue, but it was just, like, by far the biggest band I've ever worked with just because I, like, happened to be in the area and I, like, knew a person that I met somewhere. Like, <clears throat> it's insane. Well, hell yeah. Well, um, speaking of all that, uh, that's a perfect chance to just jump right in. So, a lot of people know you from uh, your band, The Browning. You're the drummer in that band. But uh, after talking with you and catching up a little bit, you're also a songwriter, producer, and all this shit. Uh, you're, right, right. You're heavily involved in, in the music industry and the music-making process. So um, I yeah, guess... Yeah, I, mean, I try to be. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I guess how did this all start? Because some people would 
look at what you do and say like, oh man, that's kind of like the dream. Uh, I would love to do that. So where did your journey start? Not only with you be becoming the drummer of the Browning and, you know, playing fucking sick shows all the time, but also on the songwriting <laughs> end and how you got into that avenue. Um, to be honest, I mean, I kind of owe it all to my dad, I think. Just um, growing up and like, uh, I would like, I would visit him like every other weekend and he would have like, you know, he had Reaper and like a little interface and shit like set up back when I was like, 12 13 14 probably hell yeah your dad was on the metalcore game before anyone else was <laughs> right 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 <laughs> um i mean yeah he was like tracking his ideas and shit he had like little drum machines and shit and i was like you know that's sick because like there was like fucking metal you know drum samples on the drum machines and shit and like he had pod farm like you know the first oh, pod shit. farm ever Legendary. oh yeah dude and so like I, I figured out how to you know do like distorted guitar tones and everything so like i was i was making my own like little you know, breakdown session things at like, you know, 12 and 13, just being stupid, not knowing what I'm doing. And, um, fast forward to like 2014, uh, I was in the band that I'm in now and, uh, I kind of just needed to like pay bills at the time. <laughs> like yeah. I, I had, I was making no money other than the Browning and I was just like, dude, I need to fucking make some grips. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So like, I kind of just started hitting up people and, uh, just trying to charge people like twenty dollars a song to mix it and shit. I mean, I would get people like here and there, and like it kind of started snowballing and stuff, and like through word of mouth and just networking and people that I met on tour and just everything. Like, you would think a lot of it would come from like my band, you know, just like oh he's in a big band or whatever. Like yeah. you know, people consider it a big band. I don't think I'm in a big band, but you're bigger you than know, most. And I mean, we we fucking try. All right. <laughs> But, uh, no, it's just like, you know, I, you know, just wanted to, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but yeah. <laughs> you're all good. So what about like the music side? Like, um, you know, cause you're a drummer, you, I, metalcore isn't just a thing. I feel like a lot of us just fall into and start playing, you know, because there's so yeah. many other avenues in life that you can go down that would probably be way better than being in a fucking metalcore band. So right, I guess yeah. like how, how, how did you get into the band side of things? Were you just, you know, did you, you know, did you just hear a fucking record one day and start painting your nails black and wearing skinny jeans like the rest <laughs> of us or, you know, um, it was like kind of a gradual thing. Like I was introduced to Slipknot around like probably age 10 or 11. Hell yeah. And that was like my first like real fucking, you know, heavy, heavy stuff. Like I, before then I listened to like, you know, Metallica and, you know, just classic shit like that and, uh, nothing crazy and extreme. And, um, yeah, like Slipknot came and then like the Headbangers ball CDs came out at oh, some point yeah. around then. And I got into all kinds of shit after that. Like Hazley Dying, Lamb of God, like all these bands. Yeah. The classics, the good and, ones. Yeah. 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 And like Hazley Dying was probably like my gateway, uh, metalcore band. It was like them, um uh, bleeding through i remember um i was into the skate scene so like everything that yeah. van margera listened to as well like all of that shit you know 69 eyes him cky a uh, little bit of everything and then just kind of like it came to a point in like 2007 i think <clears throat> a lot of my friends at the time i lived in kentucky yeah and uh some friends of mine we all went to school together and we were like fuck dude like we want to be in a band and like we all went to a show. Our first show ever was, uh, uh, I guess they're now Emerosa, but back in the oh, day really? they used to be, yeah, back in the day they used to be called Corsets or Cages. 
and um i saw them play like a little subway cafe uh to like fucking you know 30 kids wait like subway cafe like the, the actual like chain restaurant it, subway? It, it was like it was like for a, like a college cafe food area thing so like there was like a little stage in the corner with like mics and everything it was meant for like you know like a coffee shop open mic karaoke thing but but there was a subway there i don't know how yeah yeah there was a subway there yeah <laughs> so before and, uh, what the yeah. fuck before what the <clears throat> fuck is up denny's there was what the fuck is up subway pretty much yeah like <laughs> that's awesome dude. uh yeah it was in I don't even know how we got away with it, but yeah, like our little community at the time, uh, you know, we always just threw shows there. Like I saw fucking between the Barry to me there. Dude, that's crazy. And like, in like 2000 fucking five or six, like, uh, fucking a bunch of dudes that are still in the scene now, like fucking yeah. Blake Hartman from counterparts and shit. I saw his, one of his old local bands stop through water County, uh, him fucking his band, uh, trying to think of who else I saw way back in the day that's still doing stuff yeah um, i mean i don't even know but like yeah just everybody back then it was just so inspirational like all we wanted to do was play music you know yeah dude and, and, and so, like going back to that time uh it was kind of the same where i was at too um there was just weird <clears throat> little fucking hole in the wall places that like those bands would come and stop at and it's like that's just i feel like we don't have that anymore these days yeah, and it's and it's weird, but yeah, I remember being super inspired all the time, just at these little weird ass places, seeing these bands rip. But anyway, so you yeah. you and a, you and a bunch of friends, you went to this show, and then you guys just started a band, and what happened? Pretty much, I mean, like, yeah, we 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 started this little band, and we we tried to take it as far as we could, you know, as like you know, fifteen, sixteen year old kids, or at least I was like fifteen or sixteen. I think everybody else was like eighteen or nineteen or twenty, maybe, but um. I don't know. I mean, we took it to like a regional level. I mean, we were just like a shitty fucking, you know, metalcore wannabe, whoever the biggest band, probably Attack Attack, I think was like the biggest metalcore band. Hey, at we've the, all at been that there, point. baby. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. We just did that. And then we went separate ways and like we actually formed a couple other different bands and, you know, tried some different kind of shit. And yeah, I don't know. Hell and then. Yeah just joined a bunch of different bands and here I am. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So then I guess how was it getting into the Browning? Cause if I'm not mistaken, you're not the original, original drummer no. band, right? No, I'm not. Um, back in 2010, I, I was in a band called serpents. Um, it was like a death core blast beat symphonic kind of thing. Fuck yeah. <clears throat> and, um, we toured with wretched and the Browning, and, uh, you know, I met the Browning on that tour and we kind of became buddies and everything. And, um, you know, we were all just chilling, um, you know, the whole tour. And yeah. I really liked those guys. And, you know, we gelled together. Like I hung out with them more than I hung out with my band at the time. And <laughs> at, at the very end of the tour, like we were all kind of like, you know, saying goodbyes or whatever. Like uh, Johnny walks up, the vocalist walks up and he's like, in a year, I'm going to hit you up to play drums. And I was just, you know, like, ha ha, you know, see you soon or whatever, you yeah, know, like yeah. the typical, the typical tour goodbyes and shit. And, but dude, literally, I swear to God, a year on the dot no later, way. dude, uh, a year later on the dot, he fucking hit me up. He dude, was like, yo, crazy. yeah, he was like, yo, we kicked out our drummer. Uh, <laughs> will you play, will you play drums for us? And at first I said, no, like, I, I think I waited like a week or two. 
But yeah, at first I said no. And I was like, I didn't, cause I just got stable, like in Nashville. Like I started a band called uh, human condition with a bunch of my friends and we were fucking, you know, trying to make that work. And I yeah. just got that started, you know? So it was just like a really hard time to kind of like, yeah. you know, Fuck yeah. weigh out my options. But and yeah, the eventually rest is, I, yeah, the rest is history as they would say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Eventually I said yes. And, uh, we like arranged for me to meet him halfway in like St. Louis and him and our bass player at the time came and met me in St. Louis. And then I moved to Kansas city and started for, I guess, joined the Browning then. Well, hell yeah. And you know, and the Browning's taken you a lot of places. Uh, recently you guys just went to, is, was it China? Yeah. Yeah. It was China. China. <laughs> yeah. That shit was insane. Dude. dude. Yeah, it's so I, fucking crazy. And that's, that's weird. I want to ask you about that because like I hear you hear of bands going to like Japan and shit, you know, even like Indonesia, like countries yeah. like that. But I've never heard of a fucking band going to China, and I've heard China is yeah. a very strange place. It's yeah. <laughs> I can't <laughs> tell, even, tell me dude, about I, tell me about that journey, dog. We were we were literally like on on the tour. We were like, we're not gonna be able to explain this ever, like in interviews or anything like this, like ever. Yeah. But I mean, dude, uh, for starters, like. It was amazing, you know, don't get me wrong. It was yeah, fucking yeah. amazing. The food was amazing, everything. Um, but that was like the most I'd ever sweat in my entire life. <laughs> Dude, so like it was like 98 or 100 every single day. And uh, the humidity was like 70, 80%. Oh, bro, and, bro. The and same, then, hey, yo, same thing when I was in Indonesia. Um, it was, yeah, oh, it was, yeah, it never dropped below 98 degrees, even at nighttime. Yeah. And humidity yep, even was... At night humidity was always 98 percent oh yeah dude, it, was it was in exactly like if you weren't standing in front of an ac you were sweating dude yeah like, and, the, and the thing that we were doing was an outdoor festival so we only had oh AC at our hotel room so yeah. dude we would step out of the hotel instantly just instantly drenched instantly yep. wet because it's just like the air is so thick there because there's just yeah, so man. much fucking it's it's terrible and then at the festival i see fucking kids walking around in fucking hoodies and I'm like, oh, yeah, you dude. guys are fucking crazy, dude. But yeah, dude, I, I've been in that yeah. weather. That shit sucks, man. It's insane. I don't get yeah, it. I don't know how people it, live like that. <laughs> yeah, I, it, dude, we were like in fucking shorts and t-shirts, like, you know, struggling to walk up the street. And there are people like driving by on scooters with fucking like puffy ass coats on and shit. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Dude, yeah, I think someone in our crew, they were wearing jeans one day and then they were like, fuck this. And they got just like um, a box cutter and just ripped <laughs> the, the legs off their jeans to make shorts. Yeah, dude, I made miserable. the mistake. I made the mistake of wearing uh, pants to the fucking Great Wall of China. Oh shit! Like not like denim pants, but like track pants, like Fear of God track oh. pants or whatever. And they were just not breathable at all. Ooh. And oh my god, dude, I was sweating so much. Dude, that's but, so rough. But besides that, uh, how was the the culture over there, and how how were the dude, shows and stuff? absolutely the cult the culture is absolutely beautiful i love everything about that place um the shows like honestly were surprising even to us but like the venues were like on fucking point the, really? the sound guys yeah there wasn't a single bad sound guy that's sick um oh yeah like it was way insane like we did not expect it at all and um the the turnouts were actually really surprising too like the the promoters were like yeah like we had architects and parkway drive here before and uh they only drew like a hundred kids and we were drawing like two three hundred uh, kids a night fuck man that's awesome yeah 
we were like, dude, we were, we came into that expecting like 20, 30 kids, maybe. Damn. Cause like, I don't even know how long of a, uh, advanced, like kind of a gap we had until it started. I think it was like a couple weeks, but yeah, yeah, dude, it was just, well, that's fucking awesome, man. And I'm glad you guys are yeah. doing that shit. But, uh, real quick, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of jump around in this interview if that's cool. So, uh, you know, we were texting the other night and you, you mentioned you, you're heavily involved in songwriting and producing and stuff like that. So, um, what are, what are some bands you've written for and you write for and, uh, what's something like you're the most proud of in that sense? You know, something that's not the Browning. Like if, if you had to, if you had to tell someone to like, listen to something you wrote or produce or something like that, what would be like the number one and two things? Got you. Um, honestly, I don't know. Cause I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I've written that hasn't come out yet. Uh, yeah, that has sure. yet to come out, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, a lot of my bigger stuff, uh, the two following universe songs, uh, were insane. Uh, I did, uh, I guess like a beat and post-production for losing my mind. Hell yeah. Um, like Ronnie just kind of, I don't even, I think he like yeah, hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. I, cause like, uh, growing up and stuff like dude, escape the fate was like one of my favorite fucking oh, yeah, you know, dude. Oh, yeah, male dude. singing bands in general. Like, uh, his voice is great. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think like one of my friends was like tweeting something and he responded to it and was like, yo, your band's amazing. And he was like, Oh shit. And I was like, I, you know, I tweeted at my friend and I was like, yo, yeah. that's sick. Ronnie's the dude. And Ronnie like followed me, I think, and uh, DM'd me and was like, "Hey, I need a beat." Uh, <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, oh shit, okay." Because like I thought he was like starting like his, uh, you know, like, like, like a his, rap uh, project or something. Like a, yeah, like a yeah. solo rap project thing, you know. And so I was like, "Oh shit!" I mean, yeah. So I did the beat. Like he sent me a song, you know, that it was for, and I had no idea what it was for, and uh, I just made the fucking beat and. I ended up doing like a bunch of post-production, like 808s and little stupid rap hi-hats and shit everywhere. And just a whole bunch of swooshes and, you know, whatever makes it cool oh, yeah, sounding. Yeah, yeah. And for sure. Um, I sent it to him. He absolutely loved it. And I was blown away by that. Honestly, I didn't think he was going to like it. Dude, and, that's um, fucking awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, right after that, he was like, you know, if you can fucking, if you can write one like this, you know, fucking go for it. I'll check it out. And I was like, Hey, I will fucking do that. And so, uh yeah i just wrote a whole fucking song myself and that ended up being uh losing my life and uh yeah it was super sick because like they they like used the whole thing and then like extended on it so like i was just blown away like they they even kept some of my drum fills and like everything in there it was it was just insane because like it was losing my life that's that was a single right that one had like the big music video for it and everything yeah, both of them did. Well, there's like, oh, yeah. there's like, there's like, yeah, there's three songs that are. It's like the the, the Trinity, pretty much. There's three songs. There's three videos. I'm pretty sure. And, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're uh, not, they all play into each other. Yeah, you're not writing the the filler tracks. You're writing the fucking singles. Yeah, which is a huge testament much. to your work. Yeah, uh, dude, I don't even know how it happened to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> dude, most I just, time, it was shooting in the dark to be honest. Yeah, sometimes that's just how good shit happens. Just you know. You're presented with something, and it's like, all right, it's it's make or break. I do or don't, and it sounds like you fucking did, my dude. I appreciate it. Yeah, I just, um, you know, wanted to shoot my shot, you know? Yeah, hell yeah. 
Well, fuck yeah. So as someone who like writes songs and is, you know, so heavily involved in this and in that process, um, there's a lot of advice out there that we talk about with people on this show about, you know, like touring and stuff like that. I know you could touch on that, yeah. but you're actually a songwriter. So what is advice you can give to people who write for their band or are aspiring songwriters as, um, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So like, what, um, what advice can you give to people who actually want to write songs and songwriting advice? Try not to set your sights too low. Like a lot of, I see like a lot of, you know, local bands or whatever. And it seems like, you know, they just want to be the best local band or they, they don't want to write music like whoever the best local band is there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And people don't really, a, they're competing yeah. in a pond instead of like, yeah, you know, trying exactly. to make it like, to the ocean. Yeah, exactly. Like you could shoot so much farther, like you could literally shoot for the stars, but you know, you're just kind of like shooting for whatever is like within arm's reach. So like, I try to think, you know, in that kind of aspect, whenever I'm writing stuff, it's just like, it's got to be epic and it's got to like make your, you know, hair on your arms stand up and shit. Like, yeah, hell yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like something else I could say. It's just, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Is there uh, like certain, uh, I guess I've heard this all over, you know, uh, formulas, Uh, not necessarily to like a you magic know, formula that's like oh here's the formula make a good yeah. song but is there any like I mean, there, uh, things that you follow that like you have to structure it this way or do anything like that so it's funny you say that because yeah. I just came across uh, a video yesterday uh, about a dude talking just about how there is like you know song formulas and uh, mainly for pop not yeah, I mean yeah. I guess for rock too and stuff but uh, I haven't used those yet, but I want to check it out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, as far, I don't know. It's every part has to make sense, I guess. Exactly. Okay. I actually can. Yeah, I agree with that because so you, like, you can for, tell, you can hear in a song when so, you can tell when like a band just did something just to do it. Yeah. And it's like, like instead you of, can hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Like it takes a while to develop like your ability to create a vibe versus just a riff. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause it's like, parts. you know, you can, yeah, you can chug yeah. and fucking do whatever all you want, but like if there's no vibe and the next part doesn't make sense even more, like it's going nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Yeah. I mean, you could like, you can, you can paint all the strokes, but if it's not making the bigger picture, then it's, yeah, just, exactly. it's just paint strokes at the end of the day. Yeah, like it's got to invoke, you know, emotion, you know, it's got to have dynamics like up and down, you know, fucking energy. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I don't know. And a, lo- a lot of things kind of go wrong because people try to force it a lot. Like yeah. people will sit, people will sit at a desk for eight hours straight and try to force themselves to write a song. And all you're doing is like making it harder for you and like making it less fun for you pretty much like you're forcing yourself to yeah 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 and so little side note on that um do you think any of that has to do with pressure from uh you know higher ups record labels you know they can yeah definitely you know not giving proper time and budgets to bands to to actually sit down and make something rather than just like all right you got x amount of months give us a fucking full length yeah, I mean, like, a lot of, like, to be honest, a lot of metal bands and stuff like that, none of them are really, like, 
trained in songwriting or anything. I mean, neither am I, but yeah, you know, like a lot of us are just kind of shooting in the dark (laughs) for the most part. I feel like, and it's just like, whatever sounds cool, you know, whatever sounds cool, but like, I don't know. Um, I'm sorry. What was the question again? One more time. (laughs) Uh, uh, I was just, uh, I was just saying, uh, we were talking about how there's, um, kind of just like just the pressure from from record labels and higher ups and how oh that yeah 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 the songwriting process and definitely stuff. Yeah. yeah and like with 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 writer's block and everything it's like if you if you practice enough and you learn a workflow and you learn how songs are supposed to flow and feel writer's block uh, writer's block happens way less yeah I, i've come to find out um and especially like a lot of people especially in metal are like scared to write shit differently than what other people are playing. Yeah, no, and, I feel that too. And and that's why like so much metalcore and metal in general is just like so stale and repetitive and cuz like you can only make, you know, hyped up drums and distorted guitars sound cool in so many ways until it's just like this all sounds the same, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um hell yeah, but uh so, so so now this is what I'm talking about with the bouncing around. So uh back to the browning. Yeah. Um, okay. you, uh, a while back you guys were in Europe and you had, uh, your van was broken into a bunch of shit was stolen. Um, oh, yeah, dude. and you guys ended up having to cancel, uh, because all <clears throat> your musical stuff was stolen. Yeah. And okay. That made me sound like a fucking idiot. Musical stuff. Primarily your, your, your backtracks. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in a band, too, where we, we rely heavily on our tracks. We backtrack our second rig yeah. through our MacBook and interface and all that stuff. So it's like if that shit just yeah. went missing, it's not as easy as just plugging and play, and the set's going to be fine. So um, right. I guess just like, man, how was that? A, first of all, like just going through something like that, like that must have been really shitty for you guys. And then B... Um, I guess explain why it's not just so simple this day and age to just plug in a guitar into an amp and fucking let's go, brother, and play, you know? Yeah, like, going through the whole, like, thing with Italy and all that was just a nightmare. Um, Like, I had fucking, like, PTSD from it, and, like, my hair started falling out. Like, I was so stressed because, like, they stole two of my vocalist laptops, like one of them was a gaming laptop. One of them had like every Browning idea and original song ever written on it and our tracks. Yeah. And all the sessions with our tracks and like all of our original mastered stems, like from all of our other producers that have done records before me and everything. And, uh, yeah. So like we could not perform at all. Um, and then they stole, uh, my, laptop with all of my sessions all of my 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 work for everybody i've ever done fuck you know my my girlfriend's last record uh falsifier i remember they got affected uh, a couple boys from home that i know got affected like it was a nightmare um and yeah like we just had to cancel and uh just fly straight home the next day from london like we were in milan italy and had to had to drive straight all the way to the freaking ferry across the freaking thing you know, back to the UK to London and then fly home the next day. And, you know, it was just, damn. So I don't know what, because yeah, because I know both you and Johnny are very, you know, like you said, uh, you guys had sessions for basically like uh, your life's work on these things. How, 
man, what, how did you even recover? How did you go about recovering? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you dude, I struggled. Over? I mean, I had to, I had, uh, cause like I had no, I had no backups. I had no fucking, cause I had my hard drives and shit with me. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that was all my backups and I brought that shit with me because we needed to make new backing tracks. Uh-huh. And I had copies of all of our, you know, mastered, uh, stems and everything on one of my hard drives and that got stolen. So Fuck. it so was the, like, so the, so the backups were stolen as well. Yeah. So it's just like, you're just fucked. Yeah. The originals and the backups, you know, three laptops, they could have stolen a, a bag of like, it was like 9,000 Euro or something. I think we had in Johnny's bunk and they just left it perfectly there, but they like ransacked my bunk and the bunk above mine. Jesus. Um, yeah, dude. Like it was crazy. They didn't take my passport though. (laughs) Wow. Well, that's good. But, uh, besides that, the, the, you know, um, I guess another thing was, was this, was there new stuff that the Browning was writing that was on one of those laptops? Uh, I don't think so. That's good. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. Cause that would have been a nightmare. Just, That's like every band's fear. Like, Oh, we're, we're starting oh, yeah. to work on a new record and then boom, it's just gone. You're like, fuck. Now I just have to like hope and remember how to do yeah. all this and what I did. <laughs> yeah. So ever since then I've gotten like, you know, cloud backup service stuff. Uh, like I paid for the crash plan and, uh, that's kind of saved my ass a couple of times already. Um, Hell yeah. so anyone, anyone out there doing producing or whatever, Always, always, always have some kind of cloud backup service. Pay that fucking four ninety nine a month for Google Drive that gives you like a terabyte of yeah. data or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like this thing will like the crash plan will make literally like a carbon copy of everything in your computer. Oh damn. And like, and it'll like update it as as you go. Uh, yeah, as you as you go, like as you're using it and everything. Damn, that's sick. How much does that cost? Uh, I want to say it's ten dollars a month, dude. That's that's easy. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's so worth fucking, it. Yeah, that's an investment. Bands, you you know, back up your shit. Get on that. But um, exactly. Yeah. Was there was there anything else in that process that I guess you know you just want to convey to people listening? Um, you know how to not get broken into or you know anything like that. <clears throat> um, I mean, just common sense. If anything, I mean, we kind of got set up in a way because yeah. we got told to park there by, like, the the mall staff. And we kind of so, think so that the mall the, staff – Oh, up? so I was just going to – so the mall staff was in on it, you guys think? Yeah, we, we think the mall staff and the people that actually robbed us and the police were in on it. Wow. Um, because the police knew exactly who did it. And they knew where to find them and they knew their names and everything. Like they pulled them up on a computer database and everything. And, uh, so like, you know, we were all at the police station, you know, in our fucking sprinter with nothing. And, uh, so we're like, are you going to, you know, go after them or like, what the fuck if you know where they're at? And so like they all get strapped up and they fucking leave, you know, for like 45 minutes and they come back with nothing. And they're like, uh, the gypsy leader said no. (laughs) What? The gypsy leader? Yeah. Okay. What the fuck is the gypsy leader, dog? I'm. It was like a like a group of gypsies. I don't know. It was. So the cops went that's there. That's what the police and, were saying. And we're like, hey, give us the shit back. And then basically a bunch of homeless people were like, no. And then they're like, okay, we tried. Yeah, like I guess it's like organized crime out there. Like they there was like multiple people 
uh, we saw like boot prints on our bumpers and everything, like from where they was climbing in and out of the back of our sprinter. And oh man, um, yeah, it was like an organized thing, and uh, like it was all on tape and everything. Like security guards at the mall got it, and like we watched it, and it was like organized. Fuck, and, that's crazy, man. And there was a little ass kid walking around the mall that we were in, like while we were getting lunch, just like following us around. And so I think he was a spotter oh, for them because he kept making man. eye contact with us and shit. Dude, that's crazy, man. Yeah, man, that's I don't know. Then the same exact thing happened to Miss May. I like right after that. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Uh, did you guys do like a, a GoFundMe or anything to get, you know, because that's a lot yeah. of expensive shit and you guys were able to oh, yeah, get dude. back home and buy new stuff. Yeah, it, I think it was like. 10,000 or 15,000 worth of like computers and shit that they stole. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we ran a GoFundMe, I think is what it was. One of those kind of things. And, uh, we ended up making like a lot more than what we were asking for, which was like, we do, we didn't even think we we're going to get like up to a thousand. Like we're like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Like no one's going to fucking give us any money just because we got robbed in a different country. And, uh, it was like not even like six hours past the time we posted it. And we were like up to like five grand or something. Damn, and we were like, dude, that. it was insane. Yeah, we were like, oh shit, like yeah. So everyone, you know, everyone got home and everyone was able to. I mean, obviously you can't replace you know hard work that goes into making the stuff that you guys make. But yeah, everyone was able to to re- replace laptops, get new hard drives, get get their gear back so that they can keep doing what they're doing, right? Yeah, I straight bought a desktop. Like, I just got a fucking hot rod like, desktop. like, fuck this. This isn't going on tour. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, I'm not bringing a laptop ever again on tour. And so, yeah, I got like a hot rodded ass desktop. Dude, well, fuck yeah. So, um, so also with the Browning, uh, I know you're not the, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. I know you're not the, the original drummer. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but there's no denying that you guys have, like one of the most probably unique sounds in in the metalcore genre and you guys kind of started this your your own sound and everything so um if if you can and i, I johnny's kind of like the the main primary song guy behind stuff right or has that mm-hmm. changed okay so if i guess yeah, from, it's... From, from your end uh how how did you guys go about creating the sound that is now the browning you know cuz it's weird um can't name another band that kind of sounds like you guys you know yeah well it's like you know johnny started the browning as like a myspace project uh i don't even know when it was a really long time ago i knew that and um it was like before or right around the time i see stars and shit was still like a myspace project like yeah you know there wasn't really anything out and um yeah i don't know he just he always wanted EDM with metal he thought that was like a sick combo and he did it but like as far as like influences and shit I would say you know Rammstein probably being one of the biggest ones like ever ever since the beginning yeah. like as long as I've known Johnny he's been like obsessed with Rammstein <laughs> <clears throat> um I mean I, I love them too you know they're sick yeah. um but yeah I mean I don't I don't really know it was just like just out of the blue really yeah but like now what we're doing now i mean we're, we're kind of just you know getting in touch with our roots like like i said romstein like fucking a lot of us in the band love fucking romstein and like limp biscuit and shit like that like we're trying to get a lot more industrial and like new metal and just trying to get away from metalcore because like we don't want to be 30 years old playing breakdowns you know what i mean you don't 
No, man. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Especially me and especially me and Johnny, like we write breakdowns for a living on yeah. top of this band. So it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, goddamn. Uh, well, if that's being said, it, I mean, do do you fuck with country music? Um, old stuff a little bit. Um, you don't like any of the new country though. No, not really the pop stuff. I mean, I I, I was raised, I guess, on like the old classic like Hank Williams and shit like that, like way yeah. back in the day um, that my grandparents and stuff. And, you know, they raised me up until I was like probably four or five. And they, I don't know why, but my grandparents were like friends with a bunch of like uh, country artists and shit back in the day. That's sick. Yeah. Like uh, Johnny Cash and his wife used to come over and have dinner and shit <laughs> when I was like a little toddler, apparently. And Wait, what? So you you just low key would have dinner with Johnny Cash as a kid? Well, yeah. I mean, it was it wasn't like a a big deal back then. Well, like, yeah, you know, but that's still like now looking back at it, that's like, dude, that's kind of fucking legendary. That's sick. Yeah, I mean, now, yeah, there's there's a picture somewhere of like Johnny Cash holding me as a baby. What? I, yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah, it's insane, dude. My my uh, my nanny, uh, my grandma was like best friends with his wife june and yeah they like went shopping together and she'd come over and they'd gossip in the sh- in the living room and shit and just you know i just thought you know it's like you know my nanny's friend june like yeah. i just always knew june you know or johnny you know so yeah. it was but dude you yeah, gotta you gotta find that picture man you gotta hold on to that that's sick oh 100 it's in it's my dad's basement i think somewhere i don't know i haven't seen that picture in so long i couldn't even tell you to be honest but well dude man that's sick like that's, that's yeah so fucking random but so tight like goddamn yeah but, uh, so like i've got country like in my blood apparently i don't know yeah yeah and i i brought this up because i i like new country and in my band we just finished writing our record and like you said you know when you're playing breakdowns for so long it's like all right something else and, and, and i'm the vocalist too so like when i'm writing i'm listening to these songs like a million mm-hmm. fucking times so i was like man i just need to give my fucking brain a break and then i just went on a huge country kick and i still am so yeah I, yeah i just i don't know why i brought that up but i was like i know there's fucking money in country and i'm like oh yeah 100 percent. And, and, and now i'm making the joke with my band and stuff like you know once we like get to a certain point like fuck y'all I'm gonna go Break start. Steel guitar. I'm gonna, dude. Fuck yeah! I'm gonna start my own fucking country solo project. I'm gonna be called Kenny Dale, because my middle name is oh actually God. Dale, and I'm gonna be the bad boy of country. Do it, dude. <laughs> Do it, yeah. and then let me mix your let me mix your songs. I need someone to write it, dude. You. That's the other True. thing about modern country. Like, I can't write my own songs. That's just not how country works. Hey man, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Dude, fuck yeah. But anyway, so like uh, I know, moving on a little bit, um, I know you and Johnny are both, you know, very producer and, and tech savvy with stuff like that. And you guys both live in different parts of the country, right? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the Browning and you guys writing a record or writing a full length, how do you guys, I, I imagine that's very untraditional compared to, you know, most kids getting to a garage oh, yeah. or everyone meeting in a studio and, and making a record. Uh, what's the writing process for you guys like? Um, it's just back and forth on the internet, to be honest. Um, you know, like Johnny, Johnny's like the primary writer and everything. And, you know, he'll like write up an idea or sometimes I'll write an idea and send it to him or whatever. And, you know, he's always got the last say on everything, but, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, we just, you know, shoot stuff back and forth and until we find shit that's sick, to be honest. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> we just like to write, you know, slump riffs, to be honest. Yeah, do you, do you ever, during this process, do you ever wish it was different and you guys can just sit down and be like, oh, I wish we could just share ideas in person and that would make things a lot easier? Or is your guys' system just fine-tuned and you, you got it down? Yeah, I mean, every now and again we'll get like that where like we need to be in the same room and so like one of us will just fly to the other person or something something will happen and we'll meet up. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit easier that way, but I mean, me and Johnny are... I mean, we, we work together as like a back and forth kind of thing. Not so much as like both of us going at the same time on the same song. Like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of nice to pace it out. Yeah. Yeah. So and, like he'll, he'll just send you something and then you'll fuck around with him and be like, well, here's my ideas for that thing. And then he's like, okay. And then he'll. Yeah. Pretty much. He's like, like, I like this, this and this. Yeah. He's like, I like this, this and this, you know, change this, do something here or whatever. And Yeah. Okay. Pretty much, it's like it's like a glorified client <laughs> where, <laughs> like, I have to do every single revision no matter what. So, well, damn, that's awesome. That's cool that you guys are able to work like that. I know a lot of bands would probably really shit the bed if they have to make the record that way. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something I definitely have adapted to because, like, the pressure of writing your own band stuff and mixing it is just a whole other world of frustration and doubt yeah. and just and so yeah i don't know after you do it you know two or three times in a row you kind of get the hang of it <laughs> yeah fuck yeah um so recently i just saw you guys uh on your headliner with uh betraying the martyrs and extortionist uh yeah man mad shout to the boys and extortionist good friends of mine um oh yeah man also the R. boys r.i.p to them I oh, know, rip extortionist, dude. <laughs> dude, fucking for real. But when I when I saw you guys, I I noticed. Um, I was like, oh man, they have their own lighting setup. And to be honest, when I see bands kind of at the level that you guys are at, and in the in the clubs that you guys are at, I was like, man, I like this is gonna be bad. That's what that's the first thing <laughs> that that went in my head. And then you guys played, and your light show absolutely fucking blew me away, dude. <laughs> it was Thank you. it was the most professional like like that was a light show I would expect to see at you know like a a, a fifteen hundred to three thousand cap room. But yeah, you, man, you guys we try to keep it, it epic, you know. Yeah, and you guys brought it to a club, and it it yeah. worked fucking awesome. It looked amazing. I was like, dude, Thank you. I was like, damn, this is like this is this is like your money's worth for your ticket right here. This is fucking sick. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like it made a difference too. Cause like people seemed a lot more into it this time around. Oh dude. Yeah. I mean, even if, you know, like, like dude, yeah, I was just standing, everyone was amazed, you know? And then like <laughs> when, when you have all that shit going on to like, you know, the fucking heavy ass shit that you guys play and stuff, it's just, it created it. What you, it wasn't just a show. Like you guys actually created a fucking atmosphere. In a in a vibe yeah. in a live presence, which is obviously the goal when you when you spend the money on production to do that stuff. So I guess how did that come about, and was that easy? How'd you guys do it? Just I want to know about <laughs> this fucking light <laughs> the light setup and how you guys oh, fucking man. did it because it was sick. And how much Dude, it, cost it was something, and all that stuff. I think it was about five or six grand, maybe maybe a little more. Did you guys rent or um, buy? We bought it. Fuck, that's sick. Um, yeah, we bought it. Johnny set it up, programmed it, and everything. Um, but yeah, it was it was a long, 
a long time of just god damn it we need fucking lights god damn it we need fucking lights yeah. like every tour every single headline we're like fuck we look like fucking scrubs we need fucking lights <laughs> and um so yeah like we eventually started looking into it and we're like fuck man this is like five or six grand and uh we, we did a couple of big shows or big tours or whatever the fuck happened and you know we got the money for it and i don't know we just fucking balled out and uh you know, Johnny like did a bunch of research and, you know, figured out everything and set it up in his house. And like, he didn't even stream or actually, no, he was streaming his, you know, him setting up the fucking lights for like weeks. Dude, that's sick. <laughs> and yeah, like it was, it was a long process. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think it paid off. So for, it makes us look cool. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it looks fucking amazing. And the, and the light purchases, you can tell he did his research cause um, when I saw it, I was like, "This they have to have like they had to have like a pro set this up for him." But um, if Johnny did all that, he definitely did his research and he did a fucking phenomenal job. And honestly, oh, if yeah. bands needs need lights, he can probably make a career in that too of getting bands <laughs> oh, set up yeah. with the right shit. But, oh um, yeah, one hundred percent. But yeah, so did did you guys just uh, run tracks through interface and then use the MIDI outs on the interface to to trigger the lights and everything? Yeah, it's like um, we're running our tracks and our lights off of uh, a Mac Mini or a laptop, pretty much, which, whichever, a PC, whatever. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we just run that to our – we have our own DI boxes, you know, our own trigger and everything. We run that yeah. to our own DIs and then straight to front of house. Hell, yeah. And then, and then so you know, we just – was the programming? Did you were you able to talk to Johnny much at all? Was the programming was it was it something that took a while to figure out? But or was it difficult the whole step the whole part of the way? Or was it something like once he figured it out, he was like, "Oh, I got this," and he was able to. I think he figured it out. Yeah, I think he figured it out pretty quick. It was just like really tedious, uh, tedious, like time consuming work. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it was I can like imagine for every light you had to like automate the point to like you know bypass or unbypass the light to come on or do whatever color uh, and, you know and, and all through like the piano roll on the doll right yeah yeah oh, yeah <laughs> oh. yeah so every note yeah, is a different know. thing that's crazy <laughs> yeah every every color is a different you know midi note oh, every man. function of the lights emitting a different midi note like yeah and your yeah. guys light show it was it was very fast so it was pro yeah, it wasn't a, basic just like oh let's turn this light on for a minute. You know, it was like constantly nah, yeah. shit's changing. So that's yeah, crazy. It went hard. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it went really hard. I was like, fuck, this is so tight. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> Thank you, man. I, I appreciate it. Hell yeah. Uh so a lot of people want to make their living off of music. Uh I'm pretty sure me and you have both heard that through our years of touring and being around people in this industry. Uh mm -hmm. the old Man, if I could just make my living off music, that would be so fucking sick. Um, <laughs> but uh, you mentioned that there was a time when, I think when we were texting, you mentioned that uh, there was a time where Browning wasn't really making money. But it seems to be now that you guys are. And as far as the band side goes, because I know you do music full time regardless, um, and I hope this isn't, uh, you know, too personal me asking about this, but uh, uh, how much money do you guys bring in? F you don't have to give me the exact number, but does the Browning bring in a significant source of income to, you know, give money to the members and to have you guys live and eat and oh, all yeah. that shit? And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. How would you 
tell bands to get there? How does a band get to that point? Man, it is, it's a lot of just grinding and just, you know, running like doing your rounds, you know, like, dude, we were doing 250 shows a year for like three years whenever I first joined. And like, we played so many of the same cities and shit and like seeing them go from, you know, like 20, 30 kids whenever I first joined, uh, you know, like two, three, 400 kids or whatever we pull in the same kind of town. It's just like, you know, you, you know that you, you grinded for it. Like it's, yeah, it's just a gratifying feeling. Um, knowing that you were there for like a lot of the work, you know, I mean, fuck, sure. I mean the other members before me, you know, they grinded probably the hardest cause you know, they had to get there, but, Oh yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, man, it like a lot of it is like staying on top of promoters, like being friends with promoters and, you know, networking. Like you can't just, you know, walk up, ask for your money and leave. Like you need to fucking ask that dude how his day is, like know his fucking name. Like yeah. even the sound guys, they fucking know everybody that you work with. Yeah. Hell yeah. And then um, um, what about merch? Oh, just don't have trash merch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't have trash, you know, designs. Always have the fucking sick stuff. Like, you know, change it out every tour if you have to. Some people go years without changing their shit, but, like, we try to do, like, new designs every tour. Dude, fuck and, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah a, but I'm, I mean, I'm a designer. That's what I do full-time. So, like, I always stress the band. And in my band, we always cycle shit. We, like we make shit and then it's like that's one tour only and then it's done it's on to the next thing um so i yeah. always try to bring it up like yo merch is important everybody that's gonna be yeah, like definitely. your real money maker when you're out on the rub yeah we're at the point now um where we make about our guarantee and merch or a little bit probably double our guarantee some nights but and it's getting awesome. really yeah it's getting really nice <laughs> yeah. I, I love i love being able to you know pay my bills with you know what the band pays me just being in the band you know what i mean dude yeah and that's that's fucking tight is there any insight to like you know you do one u.s tour what you personally would walk away with and if it's too personal you don't um, have to answer that no, no you're good um it just depends i mean if it's like our tour or like a really good direct support tour i mean we usually leave with at least i don't know 750 to like 1500 a member depending on whatever we do hell yeah um yeah, and then like one-off kind of like weekend festival things will be a lot usually. Fuck yeah! Uh, a lot of a lot of the times we'll just take the guarantee and you know split it up amongst us like after we pay for our little costs of getting out there or whatever. Hell yeah! So yeah, it's it's just really nice, you know. <laughs> Dude, fuck <laughs> yeah! Uh, so uh, you guys are with Spine Farm, and yep. that's a label I don't really know anything about. Um, gotcha. how is, how is it working with them? And were you in the band before they were on Spine Farm? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the band uh, a few years before we got on Spine Farm. Okay. Um, but they, they're great. Like Spine Farm is amazing. They're the metal subsidiary of Universal Music Group. So oh, okay. they've got the universal money and they've been fucking flexing for us for so long now, like helping us with everything. And I don't know, I, I can't thank our label enough to be honest. They, huh. they've been nothing but great to us. That's awesome. How is it compared to, uh, and we don't have to say names, but past labels you guys were on and past experience with record labels? <laughs> Night and day, dude. Hell Night yeah. and day. Yeah. <laughs> what are, what's some of it's the great. bad shit compared to the good shit? Between labels and stuff? 
Yeah, like what's some bad shit you went through with with past experiences compared to you know the good shit you're living with now? Um, I mean, you know, lower budgets for one. Yeah. Like, we're always just a bummer. Um, working with a label that has actual money and actual connections and actual pool and everything like that, it's really nice. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that happened with our old label uh, that was questionable and kind of set us up in a really bad way. But, I mean, you know, can't really speak about it but exactly yeah yeah and you don't have to yeah but but it's definitely a lot better fuck yeah (laughs) fuck yeah so um winding down a little bit here uh we've kind of mentioned your girlfriend a little bit uh kaylee from the Mm -hmm. band rivals um and so they're currently on like a huge fucking tour streak right now right Yes, they're almost done. <laughs> All right. So since both of you guys are kind of in this industry and do this shit, um, I I can't imagine. You know, she's gone for sixty days, then you're off. You do a full U.S. tour. Um, man, how do you make yeah. some? You know, most people they they shit the bed with their boyfriend or spouse being gone for two weeks. How do you guys uh, make the relationship work? We fucking hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, we just we just like our our you know our me time, our personal space. Like both of us are, because like you know touring a lot or whatever, you get you know sensory, you know uh, what's it called overload. Yeah, yeah. Where you just you interact with way too many people, and all you want to do is just be by yourself when you get home from tour and all that. And so like, yeah. we both get that. And so whenever you know, say she comes home and then I have to leave for tour, you know, it's not like a big deal because yeah. you know she just spent you know, months around people she doesn't, you know, know or whatever and just wants to be home. So she gets to sit at home, chill, be by herself, play video games, whatever. I mean, it's the same with me. Um, yeah. We're not really like a, a clingy, needy couple. We just we just know the, the way it goes and I speak her language, she speaks mine, you know what I mean? True. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah. Is it ever, since you guys are both in this, is it ever hard stepping away from music are you guys pretty good at that like oh hey today we're not gonna do anything music related we're gonna go do just normal people shit or <laughs> or is stuff. it are you guys just always just fucking like because i know that you Dude. you you do stuff for her band and work for her band yeah. sometimes so it's like is it just always just like music 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 or you know do you guys break away and do normal shit every once in a while it is always music, 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 but we try to break away from it and like, yeah. you know, go do normal people things, go out to dinner and see movies, you know, whatever the fuck. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, no matter what, we're always like, that's both mine and her, like number one priority is our music. And I think that's why we're just able to make it work. Cause both of us know, like, you know, music's our number one thing. Yeah, fuck yeah. Like that's that's how I make my money, and essentially that's how she makes her money. I mean, she does graphic design, so yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, we're yeah, both making money. Yeah, fuck <laughs> yeah, man, and that's that's sick. That uh, you know, yeah, you you guys are in this together, and you guys, like you said, you guys both speak the same language. Because, man, you know, yeah, I, it's you know, I've been in a relationship for a very long time, and uh, I kind of I got a great thing great situation but yeah you know it gets hard it, it would be cool if like you know uh, a spouse on the the other side of things would be like hey if you just understood everything 
that goes on in this industry <laughs> and how things work, like, yeah, that would make things probably a lot easier and clearer for. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, you know, like you're on tour and there's like those long ass stretches of time where you can't be on the phone or, yeah. you know, you're like, you're walking to a restaurant or something. Like, you can't, you're not around your phone and someone freaks the fuck out and, where are you? Like, who are you with? <laughs> you know, like, you're ignoring me and shit. Like, like, I mean, I've been there, like I've had, I've had anxiety and shit like that, but yeah. you know, it was from like coming off of meds. It wasn't like actually me, but you know, like, I mean, I get it, but yeah, dude, fucking yeah. <laughs> the dudes in my band, they, they've had some, uh, crazy exes and like, oh, man. Dude, just crazy shit, dude. My girl's never done anything like that to me, but man, there was like yeah. just phone calls they would get at four in the morning and it would like wake me up and I'd be like, are you oh really talking about this right now? Like we've been driving. Like, dude, it's just insanity. It's so fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so That's yeah. Crazy. Uh, last question I got for you, man. Um, is there any, oh, new, shit. Okay. any new browning in the works? Anything we can expect coming from you? Um, We've got the very first developments kind of happening right now uh we've got some other stuff we're kind of working on i can't really talk about but once that's done then we're going to be fully you know back on brown and grind and doing the next album but this next one we don't even know like you know what we're looking at right now like it it could be anything like it's going to be probably the most different browning record we've ever done and i mean every every single one's really different but this one's going to be like I don't know, probably the purest, you know, of all of our inspirations, all of our skills, yeah. all of our tastes, you know. And don't don't take this wrong, but is it so different and so much of a shakeup for you guys that you're you're kind of nervous about it? No, not at all. We not we love the change it? up. Nah, we well, love the change about, up, like, dude. What about fan perception? You know, like to be honest, on that level. I mean, so like with all of our rock songs that we have on our record right now that are, you know, you know, no dance elements and shit like that. Like it's just pure rock pretty much. Like all of those we were kind of like, our fans might not like this. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it was definitely a thought that we had, but we're, you know, at the same time it was like, we like this music. Like this is what we like to play. So let's just do what we want to do. And you know, if it, if it works, it works. If not, you know, it doesn't. And we'll, we'll go from there, yeah. but Hell yeah, yeah that's awesome. it just it worked. Uh, so, so, uh, I guess, oh, another second part, last question, um, cause we got mutual friends. How was doing Europe with Attila? That was great, dude. Uh, the Attila dudes are probably some of the sweetest guys we've ever toured with. For real. Um, Kalen's an absolute doll. Uh, Love Chris is just the, the most hospitable dude. Brian's just the coolest guy. You know, Franz is like a creep, but he's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. I, I love Franz. he's he's dope but uh yeah I don't, they were all the nicest dudes um that tour was probably one of the biggest ones we've done like them and eskimo like it was insane like both of those bands like back to back was like i don't even know just like total domination of the crowd like it was insane so many Dude, people yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. What, what kind what size rooms were you guys playing over there uh there was a lot of thousand caps a lot of like 1500s there's a couple like 800s uh, there's maybe one or two like 500 caps but a lot of them are like a thousand plus yeah that's sick dude it, it was crazy uh is there anything we should be on the lookout that uh you know you you had your your fingers in the pot as far as writing goes or anything like that any new releases from from that 
end of your career that we should be looking out for? Um, or can you talk about it? I'm trying to think of stuff I can actually talk about. <laughs> <laughs> if you can, it's all uh, good. Um, fuck, fuck, fuck. Well, I got uh, Weeping Wounds record. They've, they've got two singles out right now, but yeah. uh, the, the whole record's about to be out on Stay Sick. And Shout you, out Stay Sick. And you like produced, mixed, and mastered and all that for that record? Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. Sure did. And uh, got some other stuff in the works. Just can't talk about it. Just a lot of big stuff. Like yeah. I said, two days ago, I got the biggest fucking job I've ever gotten in my life. And, you know, that was out of nowhere, so... For sure. I don't know. Sure. I'll, I'll make sure everyone knows when it drops, though. <laughs> okay. Well, hell yeah, man. Uh, so what should I leave the people with? What song? What Browning song should I should I, should I close this bitch out with? Uh, the Browning Final Breath, because I wrote that bitch. Oh, Final <laughs> Breath. All right. You heard it from the man. Well, hey, thank you, Cody, so much for, for taking the time to do this. Uh, we really appreciate it. And um, Cool, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, so it was Last Breath, right? Yeah. All right, this is the final breath. Final breath. Final breath. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) My train of thought, dude. It's been a long fucking week. My brain is just, uh. But, uh, yeah, this is the Browning with Final Breath. Thank you so much for talking with me, Cody. And, uh, we'll see you next time, all right? Rock on, dude.